3: Lakers Fast Break Podcast. This is Gerald Glassford from Lakers Fast Break, Pop Culture Cosmos, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and Game Source. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our great shows. And if you can, please, 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 please. I may just fill the whole entire hour, please. Please give us that five-star review on Apple Podcasts, although that wouldn't actually be a very entertaining episode of me just saying please. But please give us that five-star podcast review on apple podcast or like subscribe share support follow throw us stars not ninja stars but just you know throw us facebook gaming stars whatever you can do to support us we truly appreciate it right here at the lakers fast break i've got not only one not only two but three great guests today as i told Raphael in the beginning before we went on the air What the hell are you doing with us right here? I'm telling you, man. But it is a great time indeed because we've got the guys from Lakerholics.com right here today. If you haven't had a chance, please check out the site. It is Lakerholics.com. And in fact, I am typing it for you right now as we go on the air. It is Lakerholics.com. There it is in all of its glory and all of its beauty Any, if you're a Lakers fan or you just love the NBA, check out all the great things that they're doing today at Lakerholics.com. You can be part of the conversation, podcasts, videos, and so much more. It is Lakerholics. First off, though, speaking of giving five-star reviews and liking, sharing, following, and the whole nine yards, if you haven't done that yet for NBA Draft Junkies, which I've got right up right now... You gotta go ahead and just go on over to NBA dot com, NBA Draft Junkies on YouTube. He does so much when it comes to the NBA draft profiles, videos, podcasts, so much more. It is my good friend. It is the guy who tolerates me, even on his birthday. <laughs> Although, you know, I'm just gonna say it as I do to everybody I can, happy eighteenth birthday, Rafael Barlow.
2: Thank you, thank you. I wish I was 18.
3: (laughs) I have an IQ of 18. These people say that.
1: You wish you were 18. I wish I was 18.
3: Yeah, that's true. I don't wish I was
0: 18. Uh, 18.
3: Laker Tom has the the steepest fall. Let's put it that way. (laughs) Also as well, we've got the blog editor of Lakerholics.com you got to go ahead and check out what he's doing today on social media, including all the great charity work that he does. He was just playing the banjo, per se. I, I saw him so, um, earlier, just before we went on. It is Jamie Sweet. And Jamie, thanks yeah. so much for joining us on today's podcast as well.
0: Uh, thank you, Joe. You're far, far, far too kind. Uh, uh, there's some, some major clams blown today. So. There you go. <laughs> I try each and every well, time. Practice.
3: Well, you know, if I talked bad about you for the first 10 minutes, you wouldn't be going to come back on the show. <laughs>
0: We could fill
3: the whole podcast with uh, something like that. Oh no, no, we don't want to. That's like seeing this please the entire time. But right. we wouldn't be a Lakerholics podcast without my good friend as well. I know him as Tom Wong, but you know him as the guy behind the place to go for everything Lakers and Lakerholics dot com. It is Tom Wong, and Tom, you gave us ten thousand subjects to talk about on today's podcast. I'm sorry, we're not going to have the time to get to everyone. <laughs> But it's also great to have you on the show today.
1: My pleasure, Gerald. We're always just suggestions. You're the host. You make the decisions.
3: Okay, well, you left a lot of suggestions to all of us. I think it was, like, written in, like, essay form. So that's <laughs> all I'll say. I mean, StreamYard <laughs> almost couldn't handle it. But
0: It came with its the own thesaurus.
3: Well, I'm just going to tell you right now, I won't talk <laughs> about Colin Cowherd, because I really cannot stand his show. I don't like his opinions, and I'll just leave <laughs> it at there. So, Colin Cowherd... <laughs> that's out of there right there if you're seeing it on video right now but it is going to be a great show indeed because we're going to be talking about a lot of great subjects but first off i want to touch on a more serious note because today as we're recording this uh, not as people are listening to this on audio unfortunately i can't get it up that same day i did have though an audio podcast that is going up on the day of the six month anniversary of kobe and Gigi bryant's passing also plus everyone else that passed away on that horrific helicopter accident. It did happen six months ago today as we're recording this. I will have a special podcast with Brett Allen and Dan Williams that will be up on the site that you can go ahead and check yeah. out. But guys, I'm going to start with you, Raphael. Please, I want to hear your thoughts on Kobe. We didn't know each other when mm-hmm. that unfortunate day happened. But you know when when that day happened, please tell me your thoughts and, and how have, has it affected and shaped you since that tragic day happened
2: for me it was uh i mean like most people today i won't forget um i was actually in beijing at the time so it was like five o'clock in the morning and i got a a message on whatsapp and it was a friend of mine and all it said was oh my god rafael are you up and so i looked and i was like well you know what's going on and then right when she sent me that message i got the official notification from the NBA.com app. And so from there, I was like frozen. It was like, I probably didn't move for about four or five hours, just kind of like scrolling through Twitter. Then that's when all the rumors about who was on the plane, who wasn't. So it was really like just a, a day I'll never forget. And that was also because that's when the coronavirus was really hitting China hard. And that's when everything was starting to get shut down. So at that particular time, I was trying to book my flight back to the United States, trying to decide how long am I going to be gone? Do I book a one-way flight? Do I, you know, I think I was about thinking about going to like Seoul, Korea for a couple of days, or do I go to Tokyo? And so all of that is going on. And then um, I ended up just kind of like being like shocked, like, you know, couldn't believe it. Like, not Kobe, like anybody, but but Kobe. And then, you know, like, and he he had a huge, huge presence in China. And the fact that China was shut down at the time, I didn't get a chance to really see the reaction there because, I mean, I can't read Chinese. And so I know if it would have been like a normal situation where they weren't on lockdown, I'm sure there would have been plenty of people outside. And because I live right by the NBA store also. and so, um, so, yeah, I didn't get a chance to really see the reaction in, in China, but I remember coming back to the States. And the only place I could find a direct flight to was LA. And so I ended up booking a one-way flight to LA. And then um it's kind of dangerous at the time now that I look back at it because I literally went straight from the airplane, dropped my luggage off, and then I went down to the memorial. And so I was there within, you know, all within the same day. Um So I think I got back like maybe the first, but yeah, between that four days, between the day I found out about it and the day i got back to the states it was just it was just a crazy situation
3: it it was uh, and it sounds like it was for you uh such a troubling time for everyone involved and so many people out there are remembering him and Gigi today and it stayed with a lot of people and that's the thing i want to talk about most and that's why i had not only this podcast but the other r- memorial podcast that i had is that Even six months after, there's still such a legacy and still so many memories and so many things that people out there are still holding on to. And I see it all over the internet. I still see it all over social media. You go to the great Laker groups that we're a part of and you just see it out there that the sadness and and still so many people reflecting each and every day, even six months later, it's still affecting them even to this day. Jamie, again, I didn't know you at that point in time. Uh, I was still seeing you as far as your thoughts on LakerHolics.net at that time, now LakerHolics.com. I want to hear how six months have passed for you as far as Kobe passing
0: is concerned. I mean, uh, Raphael's adventure is far more <laughs> incredible than mine was. I was at home uh, watching news, uh, and I think I was, uh, ironically enough, starting to just tune in to the whole COVID thing. Like it hadn't really popped on my radar at all up until around, right around that. Like I might've just been like, is this how, what, how crazy is this thing? And then it's one of those things. Like I remember to equate it to something else that was like kind of planet shifting when princess Diana died, I was watching Saturday night live. And for the first five minutes of the announcement, I kept thinking, this is a joke. Like this is something on Saturday night live where they're like making a joke. And like, you're watching like real news, thinking like this just isn't this. There must be someone must be wrong. Like there must be a mistake somewhere. Like it, like, like Raphael said. Like not like it can't be Kobe. Like how could that be? And then when you find out like Gigi was on the helicopter, you're just like 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 that's just that's too much for any family to like have to go through and just the, it, how it affected not just the Laker organization but sport in general. Like you know Earth in general. It's like one of those Earth the planet goes tilts a little deeper one way when some people pass, I feel like, and that was one of those moments. So, you know, it was devastating in a word. Like it was just devastating. And it, it still
3: is today. Still
0: is today. 305 murals and counting in uh, 200 in LA, 305 murals around the world. Like that's, that's crazy to think of. Like six months in, that's already happened. You know, like, anyway.
3: Tributes still keep pouring in from all over the world, even to this day. Tom, you and I had a podcast that was very somber at that point in time. Uh, It garnered thousands of views and also listens from all around the world. And, you know, six months later, it still hurts, even to this day.
1: Yeah, I I can remember that day so clearly. Um, I've got two granddaughters who wear 24 on their uniforms. Uh, One of them, both of them play CYO basketball and I coach both of them. And one of them plays AAU ball. Um, We had two games scheduled for that day. And I was getting ready to get into the car when I first heard the news to go to the game. By the time I got to the game, I heard the news that Gigi had been also on the helicopter. I mean, it was just so tragic. And, you know, my granddaughter was crying when I got there. My son, who's coaching that team, was considering whether or not he wanted even to have the girls play because everybody was pretty broken up about it it's like a fight to see who could wear 24 on that team because uh, there's just so many fans of kobe bryant and nba basketball um that's right around the time when i had first uh, started doing podcasts with gerald and i was in the midst of of constructing the new lakerholics.com which obviously since it's six months later took six months to put together. And one of the first decisions I made about the site was that I was going to dedicate the site to to the memory of Kobe and Gigi. You could call me a, a, a girl granddad. Kobe was definitely a girl dad. I remember probably the most poignant comment that I heard in the aftermath of the tragedy was LeBron James' comments about how he thought that Kobe maybe had the happiest year of his life those two or three years after he had retired and really got the time to spend with his daughters, um, and to see him and see him see him and Gigi at games and and him pointing out various things to her and uh, you know just the thought of that is just heartrending. At any rate, LakerHolics.com is dedicated to the memory of Kobe and Gigi, and uh, it's it's one of those moments in time like the death of JFK that you'll never ever forget in your life, no matter where you were. It's one of those things that you'll always remember. And hopefully, you know, hopefully uh, I'm one of those people who think that this is going to be a motivating factor for the Lakers. I think it helped the transition uh, for LeBron James to really take the baton and suddenly become the face of the Lakers. And I think, but, you know, I'm, same as I did that day for every one of the games the rest of the season until COVID ended, ended our girls' basketball seasons, we broke every huddle the same way the Lakers did with one, two, three 2 3 Mamba. Um, and I think that's going to be a theme all the way to the Lakers winning their 17th championship. Rest in peace, Kobe and Gigi. We love you and we'll never forget you.
3: Absolutely. Rest in peace, uh both to Kobe and Gigi and to everyone else that was part of that tragic accident six months ago today.
2: This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com, and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. Hey, Lakers fans. Looking for the best place to go for up-to-date news,
3: information, original videos, articles, podcasts, opinion pieces, and discussions about the Los Angeles Lakers? Well, look no further than Lakerholics.com. With a legion of followers always there talking about everything Lakers and the NBA, there's no better place to go to share your fandom as the team heads toward another championship run. So stop by and be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.com. Well, there's still much more to talk about on today's program. Once again, it's Gerald Glassford coming right at you here from the Lakers Fast Break, along with Rafael Barlow from NBA Draft Junkies. you got to go ahead and check out his awesome YouTube page, NBA Draft Junkies, and NBADraftJunkies.com, plus his podcast as well, NBA Draft Junkies, the whole triumvirate of awesome entertainment that he's got planned for you. If you're an NBA fan, it's the place to go, NBA Draft Junkies. And for you Lakers fans, Jamie Sweet, blog editor and also Laker Tom, the mastermind behind Lakerholics.com. If you're a big time Lakers fan, you gotta see what's going on there, including videos from Raphael and so much more. So let's talk about the bubble because this is the week. The final <laughs> scrimmage is taking place, you know, here in the next couple days and and everybody's excited because on Thursday with the Lakers versus Clippers, the season officially begins. The last eight games, the seeding games, as they're calling it there in the bubble. Basically a precursor to what we're going to see in the playoffs. Your impression so far, Rafael, of the bubble, the presentations, I have heard a lot of things, and I'll tell you what, to me, they've done a great job overall, but still, it's kind of like Summer League, kind of like League, but I kind of like it from what I'm seeing so far.
2: Yeah, I feel like I've been somewhat prepared for it because I've been watching the games in China, which is under pretty much the same thing. They're in their own bubble. And then I've watched the Israeli playoffs also, watching uh, Denny Optia, who I think is one of the top players in the draft. So I've been able to watch those games. And it's very similar. You know, after a while, you know, after maybe like the first quarter, you kind of get used to no fans been around. Uh, only difference is I can actually understand the commentators when I'm watching the NBA games. So when I'm watching the other games, I, I don't know what's going on. So I can hear the shoes squeaking. And maybe if the players are speaking English to each other, I can hear the mic pick that up. So it wasn't a shocker to me how it looked. I think actually the NBA probably did copy some of the 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 format, what they're using in the other leagues as far as like the big screens and and the fans in the background, which I think is coming up soon. Um, but other than that, I think the gameplay has been good. It's been competitive. Um, I think a lot of people were expecting it to be really, really sloppy and bad. And so far, in my opinion, it hasn't been. And um, I mean, at the end of the day, I'm just glad that basketball is back. And I'm hoping that there aren't any like nagging injuries that have been predicted. But again, we're what, four days away, four or five days away from real basketball being back. So I'm looking forward to it.
3: I am as well. Uh, just some minor injuries that we're seeing. Uh, obviously, uh, Daniel Iwoku of um, Orlando, who suffered the possible concussion. He's going through concussion protocol from a dangerous fall uh, against the Lakers. Poked eye from Anthony Davis, but it looks like he'll be okay. Uh, there are several individuals still out, kind of in the bubble. where We don't really know their situations. Are they back? Are they not back? You know the situation with Lou Williams, who's gonna undergo another extra ten days of quarantine. Tom has him, as a full Lakers fan would say you I already heard him saying you need to suspend him, you need to suspend suspend him for the entire season. I don't ah, think going I, think I don't think going to a strip club is, is been, going Gerald. to get you the entire suspension for the entire season. You did say the entire season, man.
1: I it's, did. Well, that'd be fine with me too.
3: Uh, well, as much as I would like to agree with you on that, I can't agree with you on that. He did go to a street, he did go to a strip club, but yeah, you know, you, you can't uh, get him for an entire season on that. That's too much of a Lakers fan talking here. So, but I will say this: it there are a lot of things that are that have been good about the NBA. They've been very strict on the bubble restrictions. As we see, uh, people who are not complying with it are also going to go ahead and get uh reprimanded and we're seeing that as well. But overall I think there's been a good presentation. Gotta get rid of that crowd noise and I'm gonna say it almost on every single podcast that we do if I have to. Get rid of that fake video game crowd noise. This comes from a man who runs pop culture sites that runs a pop culture podcast and all that. Get rid of the fake video game crowd noise because it just is so irritating beyond all description. I love the real sounds of live basketball. You do that And I'm telling you, you've got me sold. You've got me sold, indeed. But Jamie, I want to go ahead and ask you real quick your thoughts and your excitement on the season upcoming. Now that we're just right upon it,
0: I'm stoked. I mean, you know, towards the beginning of the bubble and the preseason tune-up games, whatever you want to call these. You know, there's still some doubt in my mind that it would, that it would lurch forward. And when that first week, when it was like anybody who was in the bubble was testing clean and, you know, once you entered, they did a great job of isolating and quarantining people and keeping them out. And even the guys, you know, Dwight Howard getting busted on the snitch line and a couple of guys going out for uh, what I guess has to be better food than the
1: chefs that are preparing food for them. I find that hilarious. All the way to Atlanta to a strip club and for dinner.
0: Well, no, I I, I think he, I don't think he was there. He was there for a funeral. Right, he was there. I think probably somebody owned the building and that's why they chose to do it. And that's fine, you know. There's no there's that's that's just how life is right now, you know. You got to go to the places where you can trust that somebody you know has got got a handle on a professional level. Uh, like how the bubble is, you know. This is a great example of how the union and the league really deserve a lot of credit because this is this works because they're cooperating um and it's i love it i'm excited i can't wait for i can't wait for wednesday um it's gonna be crazy it's gonna be crazy
3: it's gonna be crazy but one thing i would do want to address that tom also put on the agenda for today is the <laughs> the social movement uh, actually lebron doesn't want you to call it a movement and i and rightly so and deservedly so because he he said this is something that needs to have happened a long time ago that it will continuously go so i want to ask you this tom you had mentioned uh that the league is doing a lot in regards to it obviously the court with black lives matter obviously the message on the jerseys the numerous ads that are out there i personally think that there's more that needs to be done from a personal level uh, to make a bigger impact with people that's my personal opinion but i want to hear your thoughts on the black lives matter message that the nba is trying to get across and of course what lebron has been saying as well on his interviews that to me holds a lot more
1: weight yeah i think that that i think there's a big differentiation between the token gestures you know such as a patch on a uniform black lives matter across the court and those types of things because those are those are kind of incidental and 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 almost almost seem frivolous in some ways um, what I really was impressed with was the players like on the Lakers United and saying basically that when it came to post-game interviews, they were going to take a topic and make a subject. And uh, Rihanna Taylor was the first one of those subjects that they were going to lobby for for justice on her part. Those are the kinds of moves that are going to have a bigger impact in in keeping the social injustice that's going on in this country for all of these hundreds of years and really trying to keep the focus on that. And I think that that's something that can really have some weight with people's minds. You worry somehow about whether the ongoing conflicts that are happening in the streets now are, are going to start to work against progress and social justice. So I think it's really important for the NBA players, uh, the professional players and the other leagues that are supporting the NBA players that are supporting the movement. And like LeBron says, it's a lifestyle, you know? It's it's not something that should be brought up and forgotten. I'd love to hear you know, what Raphael's opinion out of it. The rest of us here are just basically bystanders in the situation. We hope to do the parts that we can to make it a better situation, but we don't live it every day. And I think it's really important that people realize that it is an everyday situation, especially if you're a person of color in this country. Well, we don't have to be
3: bystanders. We can be more active in the community in sending this message out and getting things done. And again, Raphael, you know, we've touched on this subject several times. And people, if you can, please go ahead and check out the Lakers Fast Break when we've touched upon this issue on several episodes. Laker Tom and I have done the same. So I ask you, Raphael, your thoughts on how the league has tried to send this message has it been strong enough for you? Because I'm again I'm saying on a personal level, I would like to I would like it to be stronger and, and more just out there in order to get that
2: message across. I mean I think they've done a good job for the most part. I mean I can't speak for every player, but I'm sure if you could ask the players, they would much rather have justice for Rihanna Taylor as opposed to the logos on the court or on the jerseys or whatever. So I think that's their main thing. But I think a lot of people also don't want it to be a situation where it's what people are. I mean, well, I'll say this first. The NBA has been one of the best league, in my opinion, as far as like social issues. But I feel like the NFL is kind of doing it as a copycat because of the backlash. If they don't say anything. So one, the NBA is first and foremost in front of that, which is good. Um, As far as, like, the jerseys, I think a few of the players have complained that they weren't able to have what they wanted on the jerseys. I thought Jimmy Butler's response was the best. He wanted a blank jersey because he's saying if he wasn't an NBA player, that's who he would be, just another nobody that happened to. I thought that was probably, like, one of the best gestures. But as far as just, like, what more they can do, I don't know, because with all the attention that's going to be on the NBA and, you know, every time LeBron has an interview or Anthony Davis or even like a Tobias Harris, when they're talking about bringing justice for Brianna Taylor, I think that is hopefully it's, it's influential. Um, but it just seems like whatever's going on in Louisville, they're dragging their feet. I don't know if it will happen, but I feel like the NBA is bringing additional attention to it along with the protests that are going on across the country. I think that part is good. As far as what more they can do, I'm not really sure at this point.
3: With the, When it comes to the jerseys and it comes to the messages, you're right. LeBron has been out there in the forefront, and, and the interviews with these players have been out in the forefront. You talk about the jerseys as far as what's on the back. The WNBA mm-hmm. has been much more lenient on what they're allowing. In fact, I see a lot of Breonna Taylors as far as that's concerned. On the back jerseys of a lot of these players, and I would ask you, why couldn't the NBA have done it? I mean, aren't they going similar as far as where the structure and power is concerned, and control, and and who decides what is where on you know what can go back on these jerseys? The WNBA seems to be allowing a lot more of that than the NBA. I mean, does that does that make you a little bit curious?
2: Yeah, I i wish i knew the answer to that one because they're all under the same umbrella and so i don't know why one league can do it and the other can't so i wish i knew but i have no clue
3: Uh, you and i both that's and that's something that i think is glaringly obvious when the WNBA Mm -hmm. is doing what they're doing and the nba is taking strides i don't want to sit here and bash them entirely i mean they're obviously Mm -hmm. taking strides like you said more than any other sports league of the NFL, MLB, or you know any of the other major sports leagues. WNBA has done a great job with that as well, like I said. So I'm hopeful that the message can come across even stronger so change can be made so we can go ahead and for Brianna Taylor and so many others that have had these injustices done to them, go ahead and be able to honor them and also not only honor them, have action done in their memory, so to speak. So that's what I'm looking forward to hopefully having by these messages continually sent out and hopefully these words from these players with with voices such as LeBron's and so many others can go ahead and continue to do going forward in this bubble and and moving forward beyond it. That's, that's the thing. I think that's the most important thing as well is that it just doesn't stop on October whatever when the NBA Finals stop. That it continues on after that, so we can go forward as a as a community, as a culture, and and we can go ahead and have that equality that this world deserves. All right. Once again, it's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here from the Lakers fast break. Jamie, I'm going to hit you up on this, my friend. The bubble is here. So far, kind of so good for the Lakers. They're one and one as we speak on the scrimmages are concerned, but. Your basic takeaways from the scrimmages that you've seen the Lakers play out, how's it going for you and your observations on that?
0: I mean, my biggest concern was when we lost Avery Bradley, how the defense would react Uh, because you just, there's not a skill set on the team. There's not a skill set, you know, on the scrap heap of players that are out there that replaces the the defensive tenacity that he brings that. And he's just a smart, smart, smart basketball player in general. You know, for he might not jump the highest or be the tallest or run the fastest, but he's like, he really much reminds me of Derek Fisher where he just got something about being in the right place at the right time, which you just can't teach and you just can't find uh, anywhere else. Um, you know, I like continuous Caldwell Pope in the starting lineup. I do wonder maybe if waiters is a better idea. And on top of that, I'm a little worried about our, uh, our you know, the X factors that people bring in. Um, Kuzma has had a... Um, you know, he had this great game yesterday. The game before that, not great. I feel that's been Kyle's mo for a while now. You know, if I see that great game replicated three or four times on down the line, I'll be a little more excited than I am today. And then also, you know, I feel like we had such a great rhythm on defense going into the break, and we're scoring fine, and the offense looks fine. It's not a complicated offense anyhow. But on defense, I'm worried we let the big lead against Orlando slip away pretty quickly, and. Some of the bench guys who were really shining before just haven't like found that groove yet. Maybe it'll change when the lights shine exactly they are now. Not any brighter, but when the games matter. But I'm curious to see how that pans out.
3: Tom, what are your basic overall observations? I hear them almost every day, and I see them at <laughs> Lakerholics.com. But now that you had some time to rest on it a little bit after two scrimmages, What are your thoughts on the Lakers heading into this week that the season will now finally arrive?
1: I'm very optimistic. I think that uh, it has to start, obviously, with LeBron James. And uh, I don't think there's any question that LeBron, I can't remember ever watching a scrimmage or preseason game, if you will, because that's essentially what these games are, where the players came out and played as hard as LeBron is playing. I mean, if you watch him on defense, when a guy, when his man cuts through the key, he is on him like glue. I loved it when he
3: and Caruso dove for the ball and he ended up sliding off the court and almost down the hallway
1: times in the game. Did you notice that after layups and so forth? There's a seriousness about the way that he's approaching this situation. And I, and we've talked many times about how I feel that this is a, turning point in the legacies of LeBron James, Anthony Davis and the Los Angeles Lakers. So it all starts with with the two superstars and AD has been just playing spectacular and it was great to see him smiling on the bench in the second half after he get his eye poked out in the first half. So I think that if you if you start with what's important to the Lakers seeing LeBron and AD coming back and being at least close to their level that they were playing at before they left, I think is the first and biggest thing that we can take out of the first two games, the first two scrimmages. The next two things in my mind are Kyle Kuzma and Deion Waiters, because those are the two guys who potentially have the talent and ability to take the Lakers to another level, even with LeBron and AD. And so far we've seen some great signs from Kuzma. Vogel has been Definitive that the way he played in the game against the Magic is the way that he's played all season, all all of the training camp since they since they came back. So uh, that is a terrific sign. I think also there there was a great article by Bill Oram and on the Athletic about the shot selection and the way that Kuzma now is just taking a lot more uh, stand up jumpers, you know, rather than then trying to shoot off of the bounce Um, and he had a, you know, even though he was only a 29.7% three-point shooter overall, he shot 34% on when he was basically just catch and shoot threes. So he definitely, those first four threes that he nailed uh, in the magic game were all just standstill threes, man. And if he can, for a guy who's, you know, it's like Vogel said he had, when you've got four months off and you're in the COVID lockdown, about the only thing you can do is is to work on work on your body and work on your shot and obviously Kyle's done that so I'm very hopeful that we're going to see him play with a lot more confidence he seems to be smoother he seems to have less wiggle in his whole movements and and not as many happy feet on various things you know like you said he had some tough defensive assignments trying to contain uh, uh Luca but but everybody has that problem waiters I mean, I'm ready to buy tickets on Waiters Island. He's come in and he's done a, he's done a great job. He seems to have adjusted to the, being a member of the Lakers despite all of the disappointments he's had this year. He's not the unrepentant shooter and gunner that I saw early in his career. And I think this is a point that, that I wanted to make and didn't get a chance to with respect to Lou Williams. I can't imagine anybody on the Lakers team going out and doing what Lou Williams did regardless of what the excuse was that he had to go to his grandmother's funeral and a, and a viewing for her, they end up in a strip club to get a meal, supposedly. I couldn't imagine what LeBron James would have said in public about any player on the Lakers who did that because they're on a mission, and the mission doesn't involve taking actions that are deleterious to the team.
2: But can, I, can I add something? Sure. So someone sent me a picture of the menu from Magic City. And there are some wings that are called like the Lou Will Barbecue Lemon Pepper. So maybe he was just going there to check on the wings that are named after him to make sure the customers were, you know, getting what they paid for. Could be, Raphael, could be. <laughs> right. and anyway, uh, LeBron, uh, LeBron wouldn't allow that.
1: <laughs> I think the point I'm trying to make is that this championship is going to ride on LeBron James and his demeanor and his will to win. And... Everything I've seen from that, that, that shadows everything else that could happen with the Lakers. If he stays healthy and eighty stay healthy, they're going to they're going to be an awfully tough out at any part of the playoffs. Well
3: I'll tell you what two things. Two things. Oh go ahead, JP, you first.
0: No, no okay. I was just I was agreeing with all that. I think that I mean, you know, like I said, the defense will probably ratchet up and it's gonna start with LeBron. And if A D shows up and he's you know, if he's healthy, that dynamic is gonna be hard for any other defense to contain. Um and if you if, if Dwight can stop setting silly picks and, you know, get back to Dwight that we saw at the beginning of the year and not kinda of like I don't know, Dwight's Dwight hasn't started the preseason off super great yet. Um but I've I a feeling he's warming up. You know, he's 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 a bit of a he's he's got a bit of a, a chip on his shoulder I think and he does want to prove everybody that he can do this. And I think that once uh, you know some of these bench guys they're going to be fine but i pretty much agree with it. It has to start with LeBron. If LeBron isn't doing it then it's going nowhere so.
3: Well, we'll talk about Alex Caruso here if that's the case. I mean, yeah, he did uh, play the other day and didn't do so well yet, but there's a lot of growth and maturity there here hopefully that will have in the in the coming days. But even he wanted to go to his sister's wedding in Texas and Behind the scenes, I think him and LeBron had kind of a conversation going. I'm not going to say that they did. I'm not going to say that they didn't. But, you know, he couldn't go or he decided not to go, I should say, to that wedding for obvious reasons. So I'm seeing the the kind of priorities some of these players have and some of the other players have. And the influence of LeBron, I would say, is there regardless. And, and I'm seeing that today. And as far as Waiters Island is concerned, can you hear that, Tom? Can you hear that toot toot? I think that ferry's starting hey. off for you right now. Yeah, you're grabbing Going a up. ticket. You're you're running on that ferry. You're running on ferry to Waiters Island. Hopefully, you can find a nice home there. He's done a great job so far, creating his own offense, and that's what they brought him in for. Defensively, he's still rough around the edges, finding the rotations, finding go ahead and play, and that comes with time. Hopefully playing within the the confines of the Lakers' defense. Hopefully he'll he'll get better at that. But as far as offensively, he's been able to go ahead and provide some things that I think uh, the backups for the Lakers have not had for quite some time. And Kyle Kuzma, a lot rides on him as far as his consistency. I'm not asking for 25 points. I'm just asking for him to be somewhat consistent. Give me three out of five games of that type of Kuzma that we saw on Saturday, I'll take that every time. Raphael, I know you've also been checking out the entire league as a whole in this bubble. Your observations coming up as the season's hitting, I mean, what are some of the things that you've been seeing and been impressed by when it comes to the teams? Anything stand out, per
2: se? Well, I will say the most impressive play I've seen was the uh, J.R. Smith alley to Dwight just that the whole action that, that they ran to where LeBron was at the top of the key, then you know, he was looking for the cutters, and then the back screen, and then, I mean, that, that was just a great set that was. They run that for that KCP was, a lot. lot. Right, I just haven't seen the, the alley like that from, right. but plus it was, you know, just good to see, like, they ran it for, for JR and he made the play, which a lot of people don't expect to see JR um, as a passer, so I thought that was uh, just that whole set. I thought that was probably the most impressive, like action play or set that I've seen. Obviously, Bow is like the talk of the uh, the bubble league right now. Oh, what well, and... I'd love
3: to have conversations with you on this last year. On this, this would have been amazing. Our talks on Bow
2: Yeah, I mean, like talent-wise, I mean, you can't deny his talent. But just seeing how he played it makes me wonder how bad was his intel going into the draft for him to fall as low as he did or some teams to pass on him twice either his foot must have like looked really really bad on the x-rays but he had some really really bad intel that a lot of teams felt like there were too many red flags to pass him because talent wise I mean he could end up being like I mean the only player that I can compare him to would be like Porzingis and if he can have that type of impact, then, I mean, you, that's a crazy steal for the Nuggets, which means they would have two second-round picks that turned into, like, really, really legitimate high-level NBA starters.
3: That's true. Uh, and I'll tell you what, Denver looks like they've fallen on another great pick, just patience. And I know he had some foot injuries, which caused him to drop way down in the draft. I was still hoping the Lakers could get him instead of THT, but unfortunately that was not the case. So I'll tell you what, this is something that I think a lot of people need to go ahead and keep an eye on. I'm not saying Bull Bowl is going to be a game changer per se this season, but going forward, they're going to have him and Michael Porter Jr. That's going to be a front line that's going to be hard to stop.
2: Yeah, I think one of the issues, though, that I wonder how they'll fit, because I feel like what position does Bowl play, Is he a four. He's been playing two. A five. Yeah, and so how does he mix with Porter Jr. And I mean, if they can get those guys to work out, then Denver's going to be really, really dangerous, which is going to push Paul Millsap to another team. I don't think that he'll, he'll be back, but then I also feel like if they want to try to turn the corner next year, they're going to need him because I mean, you, you need veterans to to really be competitive. And so I think they have a tough decision on their hands. But I'm also curious to see if Bobo is going to get rotation minutes once once their full roster comes back here in the bubble. Because I think right now he's playing because a few guys that are ahead of him on the roster aren't playing. And it's good for him. He's got an opportunity to play. But I really want to see what their rotation is like once the game starts to really count and mean something.
3: That's true. I would like to see it. But he's done a nice job of working with Nikola Jokic. I know you've seen some of the passing work that Jokic mm-hmm. has done. Denver, high turnovers because of this big man lineup that they've had to have because, like you said, not everybody's back there in the bubble or ready to go and whatnot. But, my gosh, it is kind of cool to see all these seven-footers or close to seven-footers run around for Denver. At least to kind of uh, it's kind of a different change of pace from what we've been seeing.
1: Did you see the game against the Rockets, tall ball versus small ball? That yeah. was an interesting experiment because it's an awful hard defensive thing. I mean, basically, you are, the position you play is really the division, is the position guard. you play. Yeah. And, yeah. boy, I mean, three seven-footers on the floor sounds really great on the offensive end. But when you get down at the defensive end, especially when the other team is shooting threes the way the Rockets do, and that game had a lot of substitutions on, on both both sides, but the final score basically reflected that, that there are some problems trying to, to have a tall ball lineup like that. I was also one of those guys rooting for ball to last until the Lakers and disappointed that we didn't take him.
2: Well, um, you know my theory, clutch. <laughs> that was a clutch call.
1: Yeah, I had a whole article on the clutch draft ah clutch indeed we're
3: signaling the ref for a quick timeout but we'll be back with more of the lakers fast break podcast check out what's been going on with the pop culture cosmo show and the pcc multiverse that is by far my favorite because it's also character driven and the stakes are high and there's much more of a mystery and intrigue to it
2: a game like wolfenstein which people are saying are one of the most socially important video games of the past 10 years
3: catch our shows on radio worldwide seven days a week or at any time on podbean spotify apple podcasts or on over 30 more podcast outlets but before we head on out guys got about 15 minutes left jamie i want to hear your thoughts Has your mind swayed one way or the other when it concerns the Lakers now when it comes to this season going forward? You've seen now a taste of what the Lakers can offer. Outside of Markeith Morris, everybody's had a chance to play in the system so far. Given your initial thoughts, I want to hear, has your mind swayed as far as the Lakers' chances so far in the upcoming season and postseason beyond?
0: Ideally, they won't be overtaxed in the seeding games, and it will be an extended preseason, for lack of a better word. You know, they'll be able to tune up and get on a similar page defensively over those eight games, because I can't really see them slipping too far. If they slip to two, even, like, what's the big deal? It's not that huge a thing. Ideally, you'd like to see us face the Clippers later in the playoffs and not earlier, I think, is really the biggest test in the West. This is more about what team is going to mesh quickest, as opposed to, like, because the the way you normally roll into a playoffs is what team is playing the hottest and everybody's just getting going. So it's more like who can get up to NBA speed the quickest. And I feel like the Lakers have as good a chance as anybody. I feel like LeBron keeps himself in ridiculous shape. It looks like he's implored the rest of the guys on the team to keep themselves in basketball shape. Of course, we all know about the secret court that they played on every day for uh, weeks on end that, of course, totally was, you know, (laughs) <laughs> will be the stuff of legends uh, on down the I know I'm sorry, I'm sorry I shouldn't talk about it the first rule about secret court is you don't talk about secret court anyhow so uh, you know I, I think they've got as good a shot as any obviously Milwaukee and the Clippers still in my mind are the biggest obstacles Tom your
3: observations, have they changed at all? I don't think so because I've heard it sprinkled throughout yeah, this broadcast.
1: I, I, but I pretty much think that it's down to the Lakers and Clippers and a championship will be determined in the Western Conference Finals. And I think a lot of that goes to the matchups. I think we saw with the Bucs that the Lakers have got two guys who can guard Giannis. And I think when you play the Clippers, we still don't have anybody who can do a great job against Hawaii. So I think that those, those are the teams that are going to be Buying for it at the end. And uh, I still think the Lakers are five, six points better than the Clippers, who are five or six points better than the Bucks.
3: Last to you, my friend, Mr. Raphael. I'll tell you what. I know you're, you and I have gone back and forth, and I know that you've been very gracious enough, again, to go ahead and share your honest opinions, and I love them. And don't be intimidated at all by the two down there on the screen, because <laughs> I certainly am not. But I want to hear your thoughts on the way out on your impressions going ahead. These two are two great guys, by the way. I'm just kidding you on that. But uh just want to hear your thoughts on the way out as far as we head into the season. And has your mind wavered one way or the other? Or is there a surprise team that, that we haven't talked about yet?
2: Well, I will say the Lou Williams thing is definitely a concern. Simply because, like Tom said, that would not have happened on the Lakers. And so I think that just shows the difference between LeBron's style of leadership and, I mean, I guess who's the leader of the Clippers? You know, you would think Lou Will has been there, and he's the oldest guy on the team off the top of my head, and he may be their veteran leader. I mean, I could see if it were Landry Shamet who did that. He's young, (laughs) but this is a guy that's been in the league since at least 2006. six. That is leaving the bubble and taking a picture. First of all, if you're going to leave the bubble, don't take a picture <laughs> with the mask that they gave you in Orlando. I think that hurts the clip, it shows like maybe there is a lack of leadership as far as the players. I mean, maybe Pat Bev is their leader. I don't know. I mean, we never would guess Kawhi to be like a, a vocal leader. He may lead by example. So I think that hurts. And then um, the Morris twin is it. Marcus, yes, Marcus He's is on the club. He's be leaving in September yeah. for the the birth of of his baby. So I think that with just all their guys that are in and out of bubble, I don't. I mean, I guess maybe if there's a team that's used to it, it would be them because they, you know, they've kind of been playing this way the whole year. But you would hope that they would have everybody together, and they're starting to ramp up towards. A championship, And it seems like the Lakers are a lot, a whole lot more focused than the Clippers at this point. As far as the Bucks, you see Giannis kind of pulled a fast one on us and said that he hadn't been playing or something like that, and he, he looks good. I just don't think the Bucks have the experience. I mean, they haven't been past the second round, if I'm not mistaken. It's kind of hard to go from not getting past the second round, because I think there's levels that you have to take. And so um, at least the Lakers have Braun who's been there plenty of times um, jr has championship experience. I think Houston could be the biggest trouble for the Lakers just because their style of play is so hard to match up against like I could see either I could see it going either Lakers just blow them out or I could see it could be a situation where Houston really gives them trouble and they have to like scramble and play lineups that they're not used to playing but right now just based off of the favorites, I'd have to say that the Lakers are more. They look more focused than the Clippers, and they would probably be the favorite to come out of the West.
3: When you have so many questions right now with the Clippers, because Landry Shamet is just coming back for the coronavirus, I believe he's in Orlando. Ivica Zubac, I believe, is in Orlando. I think he took a picture from, from he, but he just got there. Uh, mm-hmm. What's going on with Patrick Beverly? Because I believe he's not in the bubble. And he then left. you have Luke Williams, and that's going on. And you're right. That does tell me Trains a little bit. Two. Yeah.
2: Manchester so, hair left the bubble also.
3: Exactly. So you have all this stuff right now, and you, and you figure, oh, yeah, Doc can come up with a the plan. There's no problem. By October, they're going to be fine and whatnot. I'm hoping that's going to be the case. We're getting the, the Lakers and Clippers at full steam so we know exactly once and for all who is going to be the better team this year. Because I don't want to hear any excuses from anybody, either Lakers side or Clippers side. As far as well, you know, often well, no, everybody being the bubble healthy. I'm hoping so that we can finally get an answer to this question: Who is better, Lakers versus Clippers? And then, as far as the Bucks, I can totally understand where you're where you're coming from in regards to where the Bucks need to go ahead and take that next step. But is there anybody that is strong enough in the Eastern Conference to go ahead and take that away from them? Is Boston? Healthy enough. We saw Kemba Walker. He sure looks healthy enough. That knee looks pretty good right now. So I saw him going ahead and, and dusting DeAndre Ayton the other day in, in a scrimmage. So I'm telling you what, if he continues to look good, watch out for Boston. Uh, Toronto, Nick Nurse always seems to work that magic with that pixie dust that he's got there and his great <laughs> coaching skills. I mean, so we'll see what happens there. I mean, obviously, it's well, the the longest reigning champs because, you know, the coronavirus yeah. sent everything back. So now they have that dubious distinction. See how long that it will take for them. And but like I said, they're outside of Danny Green and also as well, Kawhi. You have a, the complete team still there that can go ahead a long way if they go ahead and, and stay focused. And then, of course, you have... Philadelphia has a dark horse that they can get their stuff together. Miami is a dark horse. A lot of people have been suggesting them. If Jimmy Butler can take these kids to another level, so many different options that are out there. You're right. It, to me, it seems like the East is a little bit more open than people might think.
2: I, I, I mean, I can see it on one hand. I also feel like, you know, Dallas has historically the best offense of all time based off this year, as far as like offensive rating. So I think they're a team that could possibly make some noise in the playoffs. I mean, they're really inexperienced. I mean, their two best players haven't played a, a playoff game yet. But I think that they could um, definitely give some teams some trouble in the playoffs, which is why I'm so interested in this bubble playoff series. Because I mean, you just—I mean, the the two favorites are the Lakers and the Bucks. And then, you know, the Clippers. It seems like most people have those three teams and then everybody else is kind of behind. Well, I think it would have been that way if the season would have ended normally. But now, with this whole bubble situation and everybody having four months off, it's all going to boil down to which players on which teams stayed in shape, which players are focused, which players are ready to go home. Because I think there are some guys that are just going to be like, this is an adjustment. This is tough. I'm ready to go home. And we see it in Summer League. I know this is has way bigger implications than Summer League, but every year in Summer League, you know you know the teams that start to pack it up and mail it in because they've been gone too long. And I wouldn't be shocked if there are teams that do that. Like, if you're down 0-2 and you're ready to go home, are you going to – it's not like you have a home court advantage. Not like you say, all right, we're down 0-2. We're going to go home and have a home crowd. So – This is going to be in my opinion the most interesting playoffs that i can remember because nobody has any advantages right now everybody's on the road or everybody's at home depending on how you look at it and i think it's going to come down to just um of course health is an issue but in my opinion it's still pretty wide open
3: well i'll tell you what why don't we all go to adam silver and ask him to be virtual fans. So we can all go, Hey! <laughs> on the screen, you know, see all these, these four geeky guys from lakerholics.com. They can go ahead and, and, uh, you know, shout out to everyone. Oh, I should, well, yeah, I'm a geeky fan. So I just, I'll go ahead and do it. But anyways, uh, being a virtual fan or not, let's tell you what, it's still going to be very exciting because the season is upcoming upon us. And if everybody can go ahead and check out the work that you do, Raphael at NBA draft junkies, and that you, Laker Tom, and you, Jamie Sweet, do at Lakerholics.com. Laker Tom, before we head on out, I'll start with you. What are you up to at Lakerholics.com? Because if anybody comes to know you at all, you're always up to something at Lakerholics.com.
1: Well, I think we've put together uh, the new site is up and running, and uh, we're very excited about it. It's got a lot of great new features, some uh, social networking features and so forth. We've got Raphael's uh, terrific videos coming up for Laker Film Junkies. Uh, The first one was just a tremendous video, and the second one is uh, On the the Way, I believe. Uh, We've got all of the Laker Fast Break videos. uh, Podcast Gerald has been (laughs) prolific. We can hardly keep up with him. I mean, every morning I'm up on my exercise bike listening to a podcast. <laughs> well, I'm trying, dis-
2: I- I'm, so trying to-
3: I- I'm trying to keep distance from Raphael because <laughs> Raphael's he's going to batch up with me podcast for podcast. So I'm going to try <laughs> to keep
1: running away from him as far as podcast. It, you know, and then, and then Gerald's got this whole new thing where where we're doing these broadcasts right now on YouTube live on lakerholics.com. Well, we're exciting. The The one new thing that we've got coming up, which we're... Targeting for Thursday's game against the Clippers is a um, group live in game blog or in game chat where basically everybody can hook up with their phone, be watching the game, and then just then clicking, typing, dropping in their comments or rooting for this player, rooting for that play, caring for this to happen. So uh, we'll have that up and running uh, by Thursday and looking forward to getting a big group of people watching the game live and chatting with it
3: and also as well we're going to go ahead and try and do as much as we can some post-game report whether i have rafael jamie laker tom whoever can come on board i hope to have that in the near future i can't promise it after the first initial games because i'm going to be from a another remote location so as you know remote locations equal bad wi-fi so i can't promise anything at this point in time but by next week, by the second week of the season, I should have it up and running as far as for post-game reports. So hopefully you get a chance to check us out there live, Facebook live, YouTube, and hopefully on Lakerholics.com as well. Jamie Sweet, as the blog editor for Lakerholics.com, what do you have planned coming up for everyone at Lakerholics.com?
0: Well, you know, life has a way of dictating pace, so I, I understand your circumstances, Gerald, and I can't say how thankful I am, Raphael and Gerald, both, that... You guys are contributing to the site, and uh, you know, it's it's a, it's been a long run for Tom and I. Uh, I've known Tom for well over almost two decades, I think now, Tom, uh, including the Lakerholics LA Times uh, blog. He's the only blogger I've ever met in person. So having you guys contribute is uh, really exciting and awesome. I think you both do great work and I appreciate it. For my part, I'm you know, I like to uh, do my little reviews after, and I like to keep up with things and try to keep the blog loose, you know, Time, times are tight and lots going on and life has a way of enroaching on us in a way that it didn't used to because we're all trapped in our own little our own little bubbles of life now like everyone's like in a Jetson like bubble floating around nobody touching one another getting too close which is a very weird way to live and so I'm just trying to keep, help people keep it loose keep it happyish and friendly and uh, we're gonna get through this and I think basketball is gonna be a really really good way for people to start to move forward into what can be a new normal.
3: So. Let me get this right. You've known Tom for almost 20 years in one way or another. That's very, yes. I'll say this to you, my friend. As, as my wife says to me, to other people, I've known him for all that time. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry, indeed. But, Raphael, before we head on out, my friend, you got to tell me what's going on with NBA Draft Junkies. It's a place to go, not only for everything NBA, but also everything inside on the NBA draft, what you working on, because you got a great site, great podcast, and also an awesome YouTube channel as well.
2: Thank you. Thank you for the compliment. What I'm working on now is, uh, I need to go back to doing like the player breakdowns. I kind of took a break from that. I don't think I've posted one in the last month or so, but I've been doing interviews with um, foreign second round prospects. And so I think that's been pretty cool. Just, um, that's because I don't think that I've, I've seen other sites that are really doing that. Like, I mean, maybe like quick interviews, but I've been able to get like 45-minute hour, even I think the shortest one is maybe like 25-minute interviews with some of the guys that are going to be second-round prospects. or uh, If they're drafted, I mean, I think, I think they will be drafted. So I'm just trying to give those guys a little bit of spotlight for the American audience. Uh, but I'll go back to doing some of my um, player profile breakdowns. And then I'll still have, like, the, the interviews that I'll have with different draft junkies. I mean, they may not be necessarily working for my site, but different guys talk about, like, their big board and, and how they see the draft. And then also I'm thankful for this partnership with Tom. And so I created a video last week about um, guys that I think the Lakers should target with the – I mean, we're going to say the 29th pick. We don't really know at this point and then i have another video coming up um soon. it'll probably be within the next day or two where i'll uh I'll, I mean, I'll keep it a secret but it'll be another video about um the lakers and the nba draft and some prospects that i think they should target to fill a different need so stay tuned for that and i'll i'll be producing different content for the lakerholic site at least once a week at the minimum but more than likely twice a week
3: well, there you go. Once again, you got to check it out today at Lakerholics.com. Look at Tom. He's beaming. You know, they're both so happy that you're part of it. With me, they're just like, oh, yeah, that, that dude too. But <laughs> right. I am so thankful to be a part the, of Lakerholics. You're the
2: connective tissue. You're the one that. You're the Alex Caruso. <laughs>
1: yes. Caruso is, is actually very correct, Gerald. You are our Alex Caruso. is well, our Anthony Davis, but, you know, don't feel slighted at all.
3: Well, hopefully I won't foul out in 12 minutes. So let's put it that way. (laughs) But I will tell you this. I'm so thankful to be part of the Lakerholics.com empire. Let's call it the empire, so to speak. But I truly appreciate everyone taking the time out to speak to me today right here on the show. On a serious note, again, six-month anniversary. We truly appreciate everything that Kobe did for us and honor his memory, Gigi Bryant's memory, and everyone else that was... Uh, tragically killed in that helicopter accident six months ago so again our respects to their families our thoughts and prayers are continuously with them everybody who is still honoring their deaths and are having a hard time with it please check out my podcast with Dan Williams and also as well Brett Allen we talked in serious lengths about what we can do to overcome this and as together as a group and and what you need possibly ideas that will help you get through this period of time But I'll tell you what, guys, there's so much more. Check out Lakerholics.com today. Check out NBA Draft Junkies. Check out Lakers Fast Break. And if you do, I'm sure we all truly appreciate it. I'll be talking to you guys real soon in upcoming broadcasts. You know Laker Tom's just going to stalk me anyways until I get on another show with him. So there's no chance of avoiding that. But Raphael, the hardest working man out there in podcasting, you're taking that title you're Good taking question. that time
2: did uh, LeBron allow you to permission um, to take this trip Is your <laughs> your Caruso <laughs> you know <laughs> it's,
3: it's a trip that I'm going to have to say LeBron I have to do and I have to take uh, it was done in advance and unfortunately I can't get out of it it's for a great reason and a great cause I'm just so happy that we can go ahead and start talking basketball again and it's right around the corner the season is upon us i'm looking forward to it these guys are looking forward to it as well give us some love at lakerholics.com if you can and guys i truly appreciate you being part of the lakers fast break podcast